Listen, if you're with them, if you're hiding anything, I swear I will do anything. Whatever it takes, I'll find out what they did to her. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And today, we are finally wrapping up the Scully abduction arc with Thank one breath. God. <laughs> finally. Finally. Uh, so, One Breath aired November 11th, 1994. It was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong and directed by R.W. Goodwin. So the plot of the episode is that Scully has returned, but she's in a coma. Mulder rushes around to find out who's responsible for doing this to her to hold them accountable as her family grieves for Scully. Scully finally wakes up with the help of an angel, I guess. <laughs> a spirit. <laughs> so I have, I, have, I have a few things I wanted to talk about before we got into it. One, I kind of just wanted to mention the fact that in between... Ascension and One Breath, there's one episode that doesn't have Scully in it at all. Um, I think it's like one of five episodes of the X-Files that don't have any Scully. And the episode's called Three. (laughs) In the whole episode, Mulder's just very depressed. And he just like wanders around a wildfire in Los Angeles. uh, And he just says things like, I don't sleep anymore. And then he's wearing Scully's cross necklace as a very depressed man does. (laughs) And he sleeps with a vampire groupie. <laughs> and it's it wasn't a very good episode, but that was very funny to me. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, Shelby, for not subjecting me to that. <laughs> no problem. Um, my other note is that um, the crew jokingly called this episode One Breast because Jillian's boobs are very big. Because she just <sighs> had a baby. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They and, are yeah, pretty big. They're just episode. out there. I I made a comment that they look they look fake like it looks like a stuffed dummy bra like because they're just like so pointy especially all the shots of her like laying down in a hospital bed and like the gown is normal but then her boobs are just like very present yeah I don't understand why they could just like have a blanket over her right Right. like what kind of comatose patient is just sitting on top of a bed like completely uncovered (laughs) except for like a gown hospitals are cold she's gonna get cold yeah so like put a blanket yes. on her and then it also makes the boob thing less awkward and then also you're not making gross sexist jokes about how it's called one breath <laughs> problem solved yeah um i guess i guess the other important thing for us to just dive head first into <laughs> is that i promised that we would talk about uh jillian anderson's treatment as a pregnant woman uh, with the show, and so we'll just dive into it. And I want to say that she was 26 um, at this time, or yeah, yeah, oh she was God. 26 because I think I think her birthday's in August. So I have a few clippings. So this is from the uh, what is it called? I think it's I think it's a book called The Complete X Files or something like that. But basically, Jillian uh, Anderson had uh, it says fallen in love, um, which like I think. On her website, she said it wasn't love at first sight, but they were in love, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, splitting hairs. But she she married uh, assistant art director Clyde Klotz, and she became pregnant halfway through the first season. And this is a quote from Glenn Morgan. He says, remembers hearing the news. I was at home and my ex-wife comes in and says, Jillian's on the phone. I go, who? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she goes, that girl who's the actress on your show. <laughs> Oh my god. I knew something was up when she finally says I'm pregnant and started crying. Morgan remembers adding that he advised the young actress, don't tell anyone, let Jim and I figure out what to do. But she told people and people mm-hmm. were upset. Mm-hmm. So she, I think she says the first person she says on the show that she told was David Duchovny and that he didn't mm-hmm. take it super well. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of shocked. Uh, I don't think he was mad or anything. I just he was just really shocked because yeah. this is like a brand new show, and it's just like I think. <laughs> what every, are you gonna do? I think everyone was shocked, and maybe Jillian Anderson probably the most. <laughs> yeah, um, but then Jillian told her immediate supervisor Bob Goodwin. I believe it's the same guy who directed this episode, R.W. Goodwin. 
think he's credited as R.W. Goodwin because I don't quite remember why. I think maybe like someone else's name was kind of close to that. Anyway, when they say Bob Goodwin, I'm like 95% sure this is the same guy. Yeah. (laughs) Like sometimes you have to be credited under like what you're registered with, like with a guild. And so like maybe like he's registered as like R.W. Goodwin with like the Writers Guild. And like that's why he's credited that way. Yeah. Or the Director's Guild. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And um, says... I think this this is a quote from Jillian Anderson. Yeah, this is director, lol. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got you. I cover. I, I I listen to the podcast and I hear my flubs and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I had to save you. Thank you. So this is a quote from Jillian Anderson. She says, "Bob was one of the first people I told that was pregnant, and he was always very supportive." The first thing he said to me was, I love babies, which is really good for me to hear because of the onslaught that I then got from people who were going, oh, my God, you're going to ruin the series. Mm -hmm. And rightly so. It was a pretty cheeky thing at that particular time. No, no rightly so, Jillian. No, 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 no. And also, like, oh, this makes me really like him because, like, yes, I that probably would have made me cry. Like if I was pregnant and like working in such an unfriendly environment and getting like so many negative comments about it and then just having mm-hmm. this one director being like, "Oh, I love babies." Like that's exciting. Like, oh, and being so 26. Sweet. Yeah. 26 on like your first real gig. Yeah. Terrifying. And, like, probably, I mean, don't know for sure, but probably like an unplanned pregnancy, like Yes. scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this wasn't a plant. This is a surprise baby, but she mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to keep my baby in. Yeah. Nobody else is very supportive, but it was very good that Bob was. Yeah. And, um, and we talked about last week about how like this really opened up the show really for mm-hmm. a, a really interesting avenue. And so it was like kind of lucky that she got pregnant in some ways. So of the experience, Jillian said, during the first season, I didn't know who the hell I was, let alone who this character was. I feel stronger as a person in that world now. I remember after going through the birthing process, feeling that cut, no abrasions, no knock on the hood would make me whine again. She says, I can't imagine not having Piper. And Aww. Chris Carter's the godfather. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff I... S- I read said that Chris Carter tried to s- s- stand up for her. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, cause I think he kind of went out, they didn't want her originally. And he kind of went on a limb and was like, we're casting her. Mm-hmm. And then this happened and he like still stood by her. So mm-hmm. that's very nice of him. Yeah. I mean, for all that, I don't like Chris Carter because I think he has dumb ideas and isn't necessarily a great creator. Like it, it, the fact that he stuck up for Jillian in her pregnancy is a lot like not a lot of people that's probably what saved her on the show because Mm. i don't i don't imagine really the producers being that okay with it really yeah yeah totally um she got a ton of pushback for it Mm -hmm. and then my other harrowing note is that okay so she had piper via c-section right Mm -hmm. would you like to hazard a guess about how many days after she had her baby that she came back to set. Am I going to be like absolutely horrified by this number? Do you really want me Probably. to guess? Yeah, I really want you to guess. God, I mm. <laughs> God, I'm going to say like 14, like 2 weeks? No, 10. Oh, oh 10 days? <laughs> yes. Yes. Holy shit. So, so she, she was- had like a week after like the standard hospital stay post C-section because like you're in the hospital no, for no, like no. Okay. She was in the hospital for six days. Four, four and then days. She had another four days off and then came back. What the had fuck? Had the baby six days in the hospital four days later, according to her website. What the fuck? Yes. Yes. Because like, I, I've seen 10 cited a lot. So I think I don't think it was like 10 after leaving the hospital. I think it was like 10, 10 literally after she had the baby. After she had the baby. Holy shit. Yes. That's not okay. Yes. Like, no. um, like your minimum like C-section hospital stay is like three days because it's yeah, major abdominal surgery. Yeah. It, it's major abdominal surgery, let alone like all of the like hormonal changes that are going because you've had a baby and like your like breast milk is starting to like come in and like all of the hormones of like just not having a baby and you suddenly changing everything. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I think I read one, like, after she came back in the script, it was like, she's supposed to kick something. No. And she's like, that's not happening. She can't pick anything up. <laughs> she's like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't kick. <laughs> she just had a damn baby. <laughs> she just had a C-section. Like, what the hell? But her baby was born, I think, September 25th. Hold on, I just had it up. Hell yeah, Piper's a Libra like me. Yeah, so she had her baby September 25th, 1994. Wow, Piper's almost, like, exactly two years younger than me. 
Wow. Yeah, we're really close. Oh, no, I just revealed I was born in 1992. Everyone's going to dox me now. <laughs> Everyone keeping notes at home. <laughs> <laughs> Got that birth year and a 23-day range. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. Also, yeah, yeah like, it's fellow C-section babies. I was a C-section baby, too. I don't think I was. But, yeah, it was, it's very upsetting to learn all of this. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, so... All of the producers that like wanted to recast Jillian Anderson because she got pregnant were like told her and then it got through the grapevine that they Mm -hmm. blamed her for ruining the show. Mm -hmm. I'm hexing all of Mm y'all. All All y'all will have curses on you. Absolutely. You will. None of them will be seen. I will make sure of it. No. Preventing that right now. I'm going to be an avenging angel. (laughs) That's just awful. That's so awful. And like, I just feel so bad for her and for Piper. Like, that's just like a lot of stress to go through as a like as a mother. But also like the like Piper doesn't get to spend as much time in those really, really, really critical like early days. Yeah. Like a baby and mother. Like, sad. Mm -hmm. Totally. So much, much love and respect to Jillian for going through all of that. Treat and pregnant women better in workplace. Exactly. Yeah. Fully agree. So with with mm-hmm. all the bummers out of the way, we're on to the episode. <laughs> Which I, I would just say, I was giving it some thought, and I think this might be like one of my top 10 favorite episodes of the X-Files. Maybe top 15. Really? Yes, I love it. I figured oh, you probably wouldn't like it. I hate this episode. <laughs> I love this episode so much. It's so good. I feel like overall, for me, this episode has like re- some really great plot scenes. So it's like going along like great and then Mulder just veers it off and then they like come back to the road and they're doing great and then Mulder just veers it off like over and over again so yeah yeah. Um, but I like that about the episode that was a strength (laughs) to me it's like Mulder having to come with come to terms with the fact that like maybe he can't get justice like he thinks he can get justice and that he has to be there for Scully and not just run off and try to just kill anybody remote like vaguely responsible for it you know so i guess like in this episode you're you're more like scully's mom and i'm more like her sister melissa <laughs> <laughs> yes uh scully's mom being like the only one that is like tolerating Mulder. everybody else in this episode <laughs> hates him hospital staff hate him he treats him like shit though hates him he is. He does. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying. Yeah, everyone does hate Scully's him. sister hates, hates him. him. <laughs> I love her. Skinner hates him. Secret yeah. Smokey Man kind of likes him, I guess. <laughs> That's not really an endorsement, but. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode opens with a, a really melancholic flashback of baby Scully mm-hmm. with the voiceover from her mother uh, talking about how. When she was younger, she and her brothers got BB guns and were shooting cans. But then her brothers found a snake and started shooting it. And when the snake died, Scully cried and realized that, like, they had taken something that wasn't theirs to take. And she was very upset about killing mm-hmm. the snake. Mm-hmm. And Mulder tells Maggie that it's too soon to give up on her. And she says, no, like, it's time. And then we cut to a headstone with Scully. And it was very sad. Yeah. I also have like some weird thoughts about this Bible verse because, okay, it's like 1 John 5, 7, which it isn't because the quote is like, the spirit is the truth. But like that's six from everything I found that like that's verse six, not verse seven. I don't know. It was kind of weird. I didn't even like pause to like look it up. (laughs) I did because I was like, I wonder what this verse says. And it just says like. Well, it's uh, verses five through seven, right? So what are. Oh, was it five through seven? So I was like. Chapter five, verse seven. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. But it was just like, and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is the truth. Oh. I'm like, this is a boring verse. Didn't yeah. get any of the, the good verses. It's also just like not like a, a really I feel, like good one for like death. I don't know. It's not like a really common like scripture you see, I think. It honestly just like feels like it feels like it's just an in joke about like the truth. The right. show. Like the right. show being like the truth. You know, what is the truth? So right. like. I guess that's fine. It was just like, I don't know. I feel like she would have had a, a pop in verse. She would have yeah. had a better verse than that. Yeah. It feels like kind of like just like a lazy Easter egg. Yeah. Mulder's headstone is just going to have alien emoji, alien emoji, alien emoji. <laughs> <laughs> UFO emoji, alien emoji. <laughs> exactly. And Scully's is just like the eye roll emoji. <laughs> oh. And then like a better Bible verse. Yep. <laughs> 
and then we have the credits and we're we're in Mulder's home and he's on his couch and it pans over his desk and we see Scully's X-File and Mulder's lying on his couch lights are out and I'm like 90% sure he's watching porn yes 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 sadly very sadly whenever okay okay so whenever we were watching this my wife was like, wait, is he watching porn? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's actually watching porn, but I don't know for sure. I'll have to ask Shelby when we record. But like, yeah, it sounded like porn. And then I had to get into the whole like Mulder watches porn slash they kind of make fun of David Duchovny for being a sex addict, right? He is Yikes. a sex addict. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I don't think he, I think he came out like later that he was a sex yeah. addict. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But they do love to make fun of Mulder and David Duchovny a little. Yeah. But yeah, he he loves porn, which um, is kind of like, I think I think when I listen to Camille's podcast, he kind of called it like, it, it like fills this void for him because so much of his life is dedicated to finding his sister and finding the truth. Mm-hmm. Like he can't have any outside relationships really. And so for him... Like, porn fills that intimacy that, like, he can't have because he's so traumatized and so, such a workaholic. Jesus Christ, that's so sad. I know, it's so sad, but it's, like, such a good character detail. But it's also, like, really funny, you know? Because, like... <laughs> kind of. I think it's funny because it's David Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's really funny because, like, it just... It's, like, the... F- it's like the first hint, because like later in the show, they do like have a running gag of like, look how pathetic Mulder is. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the seeds of like, he's, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to imply that someone being really into porn is pathetic, but I think for right. Mulder it is, right? Right, right. For this character, this fictional person. Yeah. Right. But he gets a call and he rushes off to the hospital as he does. And he's already pissed and he's barging into the ICU. He's yelling at the support staff and the nurses and the doctors and Scully's lying down on the bed, no blanket on top of her, tubes coming in and out of her mouth and her just all, you know, taped up because she's in a coma. And for the longest time, like, I thought this was like a body double because mm-hmm. it just like kind of didn't totally look like Jillian Anderson. Like yeah. the hair just kind of like looked off, but I think it is her. That should have It's been definitely a body her double. sometimes. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you could have given how many days could you have given her if you just like had a body double right <laughs> extra days on top of her like 10 allotted days oh my god i can't believe they only gave her 10 days to have it's, a baby and then come back it's mind-boggling but uh <laughs> my my no- <laughs> sorry. My, my note here is uh, i wrote that Mulder is going feral like he's a protagonist in an early mountain good song <laughs> <laughs> This 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 bitch is really just like doing going to Georgia. <laughs> I wrote, oh my god, yeah. I wrote um approximately five minutes in and he's already getting a 10 rating. <laughs> <laughs> I know you gave like a 10 last time and I was like, what are you gonna do for this one? Still he's infinitely more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he is infinitely more annoying, but yeah. Yeah, as soon as he yelled at that nurse and she was like, oh hell no, I was like Whoever they cast as this nurse is great. I love her. She she hates him and she is right in hating him. He's being <laughs> fucking awful. Like he would get kicked out of the hospital for behaving the way that he did. He's just like yeah, yelling he- and being violent. Mm-mm. Yes, yes, for sure. They had a, they had to call security. And they're trying to drag him out and he just says, "I will do anything. Like I will do anything. I will find out what happened to her." And it's very messed up, but it's also very sweet. I mean, if you say so. I do. <laughs> I don't think it's sweet, but... <laughs> I know. I know. But... It's okay. I don't know. We can have... We it's, can have it's a... F- we can have different opinions. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a fictional show. <laughs> I understand it's why a- you think it's sweet. <laughs> I just have I know. too much real life trauma to find that behavior sweet in any That's fair. Any That's fair. But then... It's it's so funny because like after immediately after the scene, it's like Mulder and Maggie sitting with the doctor and mm-hmm. <laughs> Mulder just has like this energy of like he was just he just got like scolded by the principal because he just like went berserk mm-hmm. and then like now it's a sit there and the doctor's like, okay, anyway. <laughs> 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 and so Mulder and Maggie are talking to the doctor and they say like, we don't know what happened to her. We just found, we just got her in this condition. We don't even really know how she showed up. Mm-hmm. And we find out about Scully's living will, 
which is very specific since she's a doctor and mm-hmm. she would like to be removed from life support because and the doctor mentions the Glasgow outcome scale and it's a scale to measure brain injuries and their severity mm-hmm. and Mulder <laughs> it felt like unnecessary to be like Mulder you you were a witness to her life her living will and it's like yeah sure like who else is gonna be it you know right like I don't know it, it felt like they were trying to play it as like maybe not irony but like a twist and I'm like I don't know right no, this doesn't work for me yeah like he knows he signed it <laughs> right I mean I and hope then, you would you would read you would read something that like that before you sign it but you know maybe not. <laughs> Scully, Scully just hands him the paper and she's like sign it she's like okay he's like okay fine <laughs> I mean I could see that happening too <laughs> so Mulder goes back to Scully's bedside and he sees this woman standing there and she has a crystal and this is Scully's sister Melissa and I was I was kind of thinking about how funny it is for me to keep calling her Scully when like all three of the Scully women are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm going to call them by their real their like first name so it's fine. Mm-hmm. And Melissa's she's she's Scully's new age sister. I love her. And she's played by I think it's Melinda McGraw. I think so. Also I think she was in Mad Men which I did not clock at all. Who was she? Yeah, in she Mad was Men? she was Bobby Barrett. Isn't that wild? Oh. I think I only recently found that. I was like, really? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh. Oh, my God. She was in Quantum Leap, too. <laughs> yeah. And we meet Scully's new age sister, Melissa, played by Melinda McGraw. And <laughs> I love her line of, uh, I've been told not to call you Fox. And Mother's like, by who? It's like, Scully. Yeah. Who, who, else? who else would tell her there? <laughs> right. It's just like, I think it's really funny how Mulder is really um, sort of aggressive and combative with Melissa. Like, she's very new agey. She has her crystals. She's been like, you know, like telepathically like communicating with Scully and she's like a psychic. And Mulder's just like really treating her like how people treat him for thinking that aliens are real. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. It's an interesting wrinkle that Mulder... For all of his belief in, like, all of the other paranormal and supernatural elements is not a new ager. And, like, very it much hates me. religion. It is weird, but it kind of tracks, you know? I feel like, and this is not necessarily, like, anyone's fault. It's also probably just, like, a result of the fact that it's 1994. It feels misogynistic because, like, yeah. new agey stuff, especially, like, new agey stuff in the 90s was definitely more, like, women-focused. I even mm-hmm. wrote that, like, Melissa's outfit is, like, the ultimate 90s new age lesbian aunt crystal witch. Yeah, she, she like, looks like she's on the, like, from Salem and... In the so 1600s. Great. Yeah. It's, <laughs> she is a crystal and a choker. It's incredible. It's 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 amazing. It's probably one of my favorite looks in the entire show. <laughs> it's so good. It's, and then she has her like hair up and like strands of hair. Yeah. It's and it's like it's like curled and it's like really nice. But like I feel like, yeah, like it's a bit misogynistic how much he is like aggressive and doesn't think that like any of Melissa's like new agey shit is real. And it's like not grounded in science. And it's like, okay, dude, but you're the alien dude. (laughs) Yes. You're telling Scully all the time that she needs to believe. I feel like his logic is like there is science behind his beliefs. There's just like science that we don't have yet. Like we don't have a way to measure. I mean, yeah. whether you think that's good or hokey or stupid or, mm-hmm. you know, like goofy or whatever you want to say about mm-hmm. it. Like, I think that's his logic. I just I just kind of laughed because I think that that applies also to New Age. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, a very, a very much a new atheist annoying dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. He's very mean to her. Because he's he's mm-hmm. in a very vulnerable place, and, and not that yeah, just he's he's mean to a lot of people in this episode. It's kind of yeah. a lot to take in. Yeah, but my, my brain's broken, so I uh, I'm not bothered by it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the visual representation of Scully's like coma, being that like they put Jillian Anderson in this boat, and then like Melissa and Mulder like sitting standing on the dock, and there's just like a rope tying the boat to the dock. And um, this is very 90s. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm i not wild about that part of the episode, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So while Melissa and Maggie are at the hospital with Scully, Mulder takes off and he goes home. So he puts an, an, a masking tape X on his window to get X to set up a meeting. And he doesn't. 
Mm-mm. And then Mulder's back at the hospital, and Frohickey shows up. Aw, I love this scene. Frohickey is so cute. He's wearing a tux and he has flowers. Oh, <laughs> and he's there to and visit Scully. Yes, his the love of his life, Scully. And he immediately looks at the medical chart, which I thought was so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's I like, mean, let me take a peek at this. That's what I would do. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is weird. Mm-hmm. Did you have something you wanted to say about Frohickey in this scene? I just I just thought he was so cute and sweet coming into the hospital, like dressed up and he had flowers and he was there to visit her. And that's really sweet. And he had the smart idea to actually take a look at her chart. <laughs> Instead of Mulder yeah. just ranting and raving like, you know. Mulder was too busy taking it personally. <laughs> we should just like clip that and like play that. Every time I complain about something Mulder does because he's taking something too personally. Um, That's all the time. That's the whole show. Yeah, that's that's the whole show. But yeah, no, I just, I I thought it was really sweet and like it's a nice little lone gunman bit. Yeah, they brought them back, I think, because like the fans were posting on the internet about how much they love them. So they were like, oh, we'll bring the lone gunman back. It's been a hot minute since we've seen them. I also like kind of had this headcanon that like the lone gunman like Scully, all three of them like Scully more than they like Mulder. And so it's just like they're kind of like Scully is in trouble and she needs help. And so they're kind of like rallying their resources to try to help her. And I just think that that's really sweet. Yeah, they got to take care of their friends. Mm -hmm. And so they steal the chart and they go back to the lone gunman's headquarters and they find out that she has branch DNA. (laughs) Which I I briefly tried to look up and then lost interest, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so branch DNA is a thing, but it is not not anything close to what they describe it as being. Um, Oh, perfect. Yeah, it is just like DNA fragments, but like um, like how branch DNA is used, like IRL, is it's used to um, amplify a DNA sequence that's in like a molecule. And so if you're looking for a specific sequence, you can use branch DNA to bind to it and then some sort of like fluorescent marker. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it to quantify it. So you know, like how much of that sequence is there. Um you don't need to do like anything with like transcriptase, um, which is like normally not normally, but like the other way, main way to like amplify DNA is to do something like PCR, where you like just replicate it a bunch of times to make more copies, and then you have more to like actually look at um, to mm-hmm. see if like to, to like target a sequence. Um, but this you don't need to do that. So like it can it can be specific with a smaller sample size so that's kind of like why it's useful um Mm -hmm. but that's really all the information i could find on it um it's definitely not anything close to what they try to try to make it make it be (laughs) they make it sound almost like it's like almost like her body is intensely fighting like a virus or something like foreign dna Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't quite click they're trying to set it up as this idea of like grafting something that isn't human dna onto dna Mm-hmm. Sort of mm-hmm. to to imply that she was experimented on, mm-hmm. but it's like and, yeah, they also already showed us that she was being experimented on. <laughs> yeah, they want to really make sure you you picked up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some weird human alien hybrid stuff still. So next we we're back at the hospital and the nurse that hates Mulder as they her. all should honestly. Yeah, I love uh, her. She's taking blood from Scully, but then a woman goes into cardiac arrest, and so while they're all taking care of her, someone steals the vial blood that she just took from Scully. So Mulder chases after him, right? Mm -hmm. And it takes him to the hospital parking garage, and he rounds the corner, and then suddenly X is on him with a gun in his face, and... Mulder kind of deserves it. (laughs) I love this scene so much. It's so good. It's like... 90 i would say like 80 to 90 percent of the reason why x is my favorite uh source because he just like chews the fuck out of Mulder whenever Mulder needs it yes Mulder needs his ass handed to him and x does it and it's so good and he he has like this this intensity and like fear that none of the other mm-hmm. sources seem to have mm-hmm. and i think it just like hits really well and also i think steven williams is just an incredible actor mm-hmm He's so good in this scene. I like. I I swear. I, I like in my notes. I wrote down like every single quote in the scene. <laughs> All of them hit so well. Yeah. Uh, because like 
acts like corners him and he has a gun in his face and Mulder's like, Get that gun out of my face! This high capacity compact six hour 40 caliber weapon is pointed at your head to stress my insistence that your search for who put your partner on that respirator desist immediately. You ignore my call problem. He expect me to do what you say. You, you got hell! You got him killed! You got her killed. That's not going to happen to me. You're my tool. You understand? Baller. King shit. Baller. <laughs> we love him. And then Mulder gets pissed and he's like, you ignored my calls. Like, shut up. Like, screw you. I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's also kind of like, duh, he ignored your calls. You used like a shitty bat signal to try to tell him you needed to meet. Like, um, and, and this is like, I think of this like X line constantly. Cause I think like, it's just, it's so good. It like, I think it just really sets, I think it really sets up. The importance, I mean, maybe not the importance, but like what really hits for me with Scully's abduction arc is when X says, you got him killed, talking about Deep Throat. You got her killed, talking about Scully. That's not going to happen to me. You're my tool. I use you how I need you, Mm -hmm. you know? And I love Mulder, but I know his flaws and limitations. And I think having <laughs> X as the source as after Deep Throat is great because X doesn't coddle Mulder or even mm-hmm. like him, really. He, and he's tra- I, would, I would go say that X probably kind of hates Mulder. <laughs> A little, yes, yes. And he's trying to use Mulder to his ends, mm-hmm. but he's like, pick the worst person imaginable for this task. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like not even the ex was able to pick like Mulder was the person, the only option that he had. And so like while he is sort of like Mulder is like a tool for X, like it's not necessarily a situation that X wants to be in or chose for himself either. And mm-hmm. I do like very kind of like Mulder thinks that he's in charge a lot, I think. And that's yeah. why it's like kind of nice to get the scenes with Skinner and the scenes with X because like it's. Time to remind Mulder that, like, there is a power dynamic that already exists here and, like, he is not in charge. And I think with someone like, you know, his source, like, telling him, like, you don't use me, I use you, is a really mm-hmm. good just description of, like, the power balance that is there, the power dynamic. And it's good for Mulder, I think, to realize that, like, at the end of the day, he is being used. Like, he mm-hmm. needs to think of it that way. He, he Sometimes yeah. he just gets really lost in, like, wanting... In like searching for the truth and kind of believing people that it's just like you know you need to to see like how you are also being used here and totally. you know we, we Scully's been gone so he hasn't had someone telling him that like almost every single day but yeah and also like even cigarette smoking man says like you're becoming a player yeah and and yeah like a lot of this episode I think like what really struck like what I really love about this episode is that it's 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 putting the pieces together in a way that they haven't been mm-hmm. and it's really it's really putting Mulder in this position of like he has to choose what he's going to do mm-hmm. he has to choose whether he wants justice mm-hmm. whether that's killing whoever did this to Scully or like becoming a player like cigarette smoking man says he is mm-hmm. like does how far into this world does he want to fall into Mm-hmm. Because like even X says like you're not ready you can't you don't have the stomach for this yeah as and he he kills the guy right. that was like st- yeah like X kills the guy he executes the guy who stole yeah. Scully's blood like in front of Mulder mm-hmm. because Mulder is just like trying to take him and question him and it's like you can't question these people like this is do or die for them yeah you can't have any mercy you know and 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 so much of this episode is like Mulder isn't in a place where he can do these things. Mm-hmm. And I think setting that up for the audience of like really comprehending of like what are the stakes in this world mm-hmm. is so good. Is so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, especially like because we've had just him for, for a while with these episodes, with this run where Jillian Anderson is gone. And it's like we are a bit more skewed towards Mulder's perspective and towards what he is seeing. Like he is. Mm-hmm. our main protagonist for a, a while now and it's just like we kind of like him kind of forget that like no we can't just go off on like grief anger rampages whenever yes. we want and chase down people who are stealing blood for nefarious reasons <laughs> yeah without you, potentially you, honest, getting killed honestly you know what this scene reminds me of is um 
when uh, when people who like think they're really good at basketball play against like an NBA player, they're like, <laughs> I'm nothing. It's not you where know? I thought you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> like Mulder's like trying to like do what he thinks is right. And then mm-hmm. he's like in this world and he's like, I am wholly unequipped for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But their ex and Mulder's conversation is interrupted because the guy who stole her blood is like out there and as I mentioned, Mulder tries to arrest him and then X just kills him because the guy like t- takes out Mulder and his stupid little gun gets knocked away. Mulder as does usual. a really bad time at trying to arrest him. Too. He doesn't even handcuff him. It doesn't make any sense. I'm idiot. Like, of course he's going to like beat you up. Like he you have him like restrained in no way at all. No. You're his just hands trusting are just this dude to walk out of this parking lot with his hands on his head and not try to like get your gun. Himbo alert, himbo alert. <laughs> so after this, Melissa, Maggie, and Mulder are talking to the doctor mm-hmm. about removing Scully from the ventilator. And Mulder and Melissa get very snappy with each other because mm-hmm. Mulder doesn't really want her to take want her to be taken off the ventilator, but like as Maggie says, Scully has made our decision for us. Or Dana has take made her decision for us. Mm-hmm. And so but they're getting really snappy at each other because you know, Melissa's like, this is like dying is natural and we're prolonging a life that like isn't meant to be, you know? I think that like this conversation with Melissa is like really weird. Um, Like I, I like half agree with her. Like I agree that like A, death is really natural, but like B, it's not like in this very specific situation where there's a living will and the and the person who is on life support has clearly stated in their living will how they want things to play out. Yeah, sure. But like, it's not necessarily a great thing to say, like in general, like we shouldn't be keeping people alive on life support. Yeah, it's very new agey. Yeah, it's very, um, to this very specific instance with these very specific parameters. Yeah, sure. But maybe not for everyone, Melissa. Um, (laughs) But then Maggie does psychic damage to me because she says, she says, Fox, this is a moment for the family, but you can join us if you want. Just right in the heart. (sighs) And that boy says no. He says no. He's he can't do it. He's got. He still foolishly thinks he can he can help the situation by getting yeah. revenge or justice I, or something. Yeah, which I, I think is so interesting. Like I mean, again, he's still not there. You know, like this his journey into accepting this is what really makes the episode for me. Yeah, he has like a really big like most of his grief in this episode because like it is like it is grief right like that's what this episode like he's grieving and he's just not knowing how to deal with any of his emotions which is fair um for him it's a lot of the anger and a lot of the denial and like that's Mm. that's fair and that's fine but i think especially like with this really that was like a really sweet moment from scully's mom Mm -hmm. part of me is just like i know you don't you don't agree with the decision but like you have to be Except there for her. Except the offer. Oh my gosh. Like, her, like Scully's mom is being so kind to you. Like, she's calling you family. Yeah. yeah his his mother-in-law is like the offering the idiot. olive trip. And <laughs> he's just like, oh, no, it's fine. I, I have some, like, low-level lackey to kill. <laughs> <laughs> part of me, part of me thinks too, like, you know, like, his relationship with his mom is, like, really fucked up, right? Yeah. I would say so, yes. Yeah. We maybe will find he, out soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, his... Like, maybe he doesn't know how to respond to, like, a mom that is offering <laughs> something really nice and kind. Like, he has, like, the the big energy of, like, being the friend that, like, gets invited over and, like, sees another family interacting in, like, a normal and healthy way and is like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, like, this is, like, a healthy family dynamic, actually. And maybe and he's he just, just like, that's so wild. That. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean you're like being nice and calling me family and and being just like nice to me? Dip- yeah, and like being diplomatic when like the kids are fighting. Yeah. Uh yeah, so next we have we're in Skinner's office. Well, not next, I'm skipping some stuff. <laughs> I guess I'll just very briefly say the boat stuff comes back, which I'm ignoring. But like the <laughs> taking her off ventilation is just like the rope snaps and it's like, okay, sure, I get it. I know, I'm following. Anyway, yeah, now yeah, they we're at the office. And, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> With the sassiest now, desk sign. <laughs> now we are cutting to Cigarette Smoking Man and Skinner in the office. And C- Cigarette Smoking Man's like, oh, Mulder killed that dude in, in the basement or the uh, parking garage. So you got to take care of him, right? And I love this scene. It's It sucks because they make like Cigarette Smoking Man so cool in this episode. 
because <laughs> he goes to light his cigarette and Skinner's like, ah, and points to the sign he has on his desk and says, thank you for not smoking. And he just like ignores it and lights a cigarette anymore. It takes like two puffs and then like puts it out. Like that was that was just a petty light. He's like, yeah, no. yeah, that's kind of cool. That was spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mulder comes in and they get into an argument. But um, this is where we kind of realize that Mulder blames himself for Scully's mm-hmm. um, coma. And he says, like, like, what if I knew the risk and I didn't tell her? And like. Skinner's like, oh, well, you're just as responsible, which I get that. I really get that Mulder feels this way, but also it's like takes away any agency Scully has. Right. It's also just objectively not true. Right. And it's so foolish to think that like she has because we've we talked about EBE. We've talked about mm-hmm. um, the early Meyer class. We talked about these other mythology episodes where she realizes the stakes mm-hmm. and she's still there. Mm-hmm. And then like Mulder's like, oh, it's my fault. It's like. She could have left at any time. Nothing is tying her to this. Right. It's also, like, a bit arrogant to think that, like... Exactly. She has, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's A, objectively fault. not true, and B, just kind of arrogant. It, it definitely makes sense for Mulder to feel that way, but, like, I, I kind of wish there was some moment where, like, Skinner would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? It's very, it's very like, 90s man grieving, not dealing with his grief well vibes. Like, yes. He is taking it personally. personally. <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> and then we have the scene with Scully. And now, instead of laying on a hospital bed, she's laying on a table for some reason. And it's like this very like dreamy coma moment where her father comes to her. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love her dad. Love her dad. Me too. This, he, I, I like this scene. This scene's so good. And the speech mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. And he talks about like... He thought, um, he kind of says, like, life took a, you know, a routine pace. And it was not until he was gone that he realized how much he loved Scully and his family and that he would have given anything to have, like, even a single moment. And this is where we get the title of the episode. He says, even one breath, one moment, you know, with them again. It's it's very sweet. And he says, Mm -hmm. like, we'll be together again, Starbuck, but not now. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I love this scene. Yeah, it's very sweet. Scully having healthy parents. Yes. And then Melissa and Mulder are in the hospital waiting room and Mulder is sulking. Mm-hmm. And this scene's, this scene's important because this scene, someone asks Mulder for money for the cigarette machine. <laughs> Incredible. Cigarette machine. <laughs> yeah. Just fascinating. In a hospital. <laughs> no less. How else are they going to get patients? It's called driving business. <laughs> <laughs> but then she's like there's a pack of Morley's not my brand and Mulder's like oh wait and it has an address in it ba 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 yeah the scene uh, this scene and also like the scene with like X in the parking garage made me think of the Americans like so much <laughs> <laughs> and like just man this like cigarette machine scene could have been like a lot better like she didn't have to be like quite that obvious about it I, I think she did I think Mulder said that dense, dense. Yeah, I just kept Maybe. thinking about how, like, Elizabeth would be better. Um, yes. And also, like, of course, that lackey has to die. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth would have seduced and then killed Mulder, and she would have been valid for it. Uh, yes, she would have. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that it's Cigarette Smoking Man's address, and it's him just drinking, chain-smoking, watching some dumb movie on TV. And Mulder shows up and points a gun in his face. And continuing our theme of Cigarette Smoky Man having great moments in this episode. Yeah. He says, Don't try and threaten me, Mulder. I've watched presidents die. <laughs> Honestly, so baller line. <laughs> so good. This this is a, a little snippet from X-Files Confidential. And um, it talks about Cigarette Smoky Man and says, uh, For quite some time, Glenn Morgan and James Wong were told not to give the actor Bill Davis much to do. Quote, they thought he might not be a good actor, says Morgan. I said, he's great. He's an acting teacher. But that's how they felt. Um, and so they gave him this scene kind of in in spite of everyone being like, don't give him anything to do. Because mm-hmm. they thought he couldn't act. Because <laughs> they just hired him to smoke a cigarette, you know? Right, yeah. But he's so good in this scene. He is really good in this scene. I also just think it's, like, really funny that Mulder thinks he could just, like, kill cigarette smoking man by, like... yeah. Like trying to ambush him in his apartment with a gun. And I like how 
he doesn't even really try to kill him. He just like cigarette smoking it just like hands his ass to him and then Mulder's like leaves. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Oh, I'm respecting you, Mulder. And he's like, you know, if you kill me, you'll never know the truth. And so Mulder doesn't kill him because I can't he doesn't have that works. the yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because it's like he thinks cigarettes for me and it's like the architect, which like mm-hmm. he's just he's kind of in a way he's kind of a pawn too, you know, right. like and Cigarette Smoking Man kind of says that. He's just like, you think killing me is going to do anything? Right. It also just kind of proves what X said earlier that like Mulder doesn't have the heart for it. Like Exactly. My my next note is it's a scene of Mulder in his office and he's printing out his reg- resignation letter and I just wrote he's spiraling with like three <laughs> explanation points. Also like what like w- the least like lowest effort resignation letter either. It's just like I resigned I from the that. FBI. Fox Mulder. Honestly, I think he should have ghosted them. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I know Mulder never had a uh, a minimum wage job because his instinct would have been to ghost them. Right. <laughs> I, I loved ghosting my job. <laughs> it's so that, that is definitely like a minimum wage worker thing. Just like, just don't show up and don't answer the phone when your boss calls. There you go. You'll get fired. That's how you. That's how you quit. Yep. <laughs> that's how you go out. So Skinner comes down to the office as Mulder's packing up, and he's like, "Resignation letter? No." And he tears it up, and. I guess another note I have in the episode is that like this does such a good job of fleshing out some of the characters, so many of the characters that have been like ancillary at this point. We get a lot of work with X. We get a lot of work with Cigarette Smoking Man, and we get a lot of work with uh, Skinner, and we get a good sense mm-hmm. of their motivations and why they do the things they do. And this is Skinner's moment, and he talks mm-hmm. to Mulder, and he's he talks about his near-death experience even though i guess maybe it is just like an actual death experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he was in vietnam and he his squad got ambushed and he saw himself he was out of his body and he saw his body lying there and he saw his his fellow soldiers there but then somehow he survived and that experience scared him and he was too afraid to look any further into what happened to him and he respects Mulder because Mulder doesn't. Like, he isn't scared of the unknown or, like, mm-hmm. things that can't be easily explained or quantified. Mm-hmm. And so, to Skinner, he's like, "This, you're not beating yourself. You're beating yourself up from what, Scu- what happened to Scully, but, like, that's not going to cut it. You know, like, you do good mm-hmm. work and you can't beat yourself up for what happened to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Skinner basically tells him, stop taking it so personally. <laughs> <laughs> Skinner walks in. You know, big, he's not like big, but he's like, he's, he's tall. very square. Mm-hmm. He's square, too. He looks very imposing. He definitely, if they were fighting, I think Skinner would win. Oh, absolutely. And he just walks in and he's like, stop taking it personally. Stop it. <laughs> Bonk. Knock, knock that out. <laughs> no, no, no. But then his uh, Mulder's other confidant ex is actually like, no, you know what you should do? I'm going to, I bought you a plane ticket. They're going to think you're gone. They think you have evidence. You sit in your own apartment when they come just kill them in self-defense that's what you should do and x and and Mulder's like okay this sounds appealing (laughs) to me honestly it sounds like x just wants to stop dealing with Mulder. (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe he told the other guys okay he's gonna have a gun he's gonna be ready (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also x says like he can't say who took her because he's too close to it which is really Mm -hmm. interesting because we're kind of we're, we're getting some shape of what happened uh, we're mm-hmm. not really getting details, uh, which is very common for the X-Files. But I think this episode really works because us not getting ans- any concrete answers of what happened to Scully isn't really like hampering it mm-hmm. because we get so much character work and so much emotional work for Mulder that I think that that's kind of that stuff holds this episode up more than like we need answers or else this doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. So Mulder, of course, doesn't listen to Skinner, he does listen to X. So he's sitting in his apartment with his gun and he's ready. But instead of them showing up first, Melissa shows up and she comes by and she says, like, the doctor says that Scully's weakening and I really think you should come and be by her side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mulder's like, no, I have other things to do. Mainly being in, this, being in this apartment with the lights out, sulking, getting ready to kill people. <laughs> and is, it, is this where Melissa yells at him? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and then she, she, she does it throughout so this episode, but she definitely chews about this scene. 
great. I loved it. And yeah, I, she kind of takes him to task about how like mm-hmm. this won't bring her back. Like whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. She's like, I don't have to be psychic to know. Yeah. It's <laughs> that such you're a going great down line. a dangerous path. And and she says like this won't bring her back. But like at the very least, you could be with her right now. Right. Because she needs you. Right. And what does Mulder do? He finally lets go of what he's been chasing. And he goes to visit Scully in the hospital. Like he should. As he should have done to begin mm-hmm. with. But he needed this emotional journey. Yeah. And and my notes are, and Mulder shows up to Scully's side. Three explanation points. And he holds <laughs> her hand. One explanation point. Yeah. But yeah, he wrote, he says something, you know, to the effect of like, you have the strength of your beliefs. And he's like, I'm here. You know, I don't know if this will help, but I'm here. It's so mm-hmm. sweet. Such a good moment. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. I love all the scenes this episode because, of course, I love this episode a ton. Rewatching it really just sucked out. I was like, man, this is such a good episode. This like <laughs> this sets up so much, you know? Yeah. His apartment's been torn up and he's crying, <laughs> as he does. Mm-hmm. But then he gets a call and Scully's back. She's back, baby. She's back. She's back, baby. She just, I wrote that this scene has some like really goofy looking FX where like her bed is in like a forest and the forest kind of disappears and brings yeah. her back to the hospital room. Just yeah. Very 90s. The very whole thing. Very good. Yeah. It's very 90s, the whole thing. <laughs> That's the show. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all in the off, they're all in her hospital room and Mulder comes and brings her a gift the VHS superstars at the Super Bowl. <laughs> She's like, she says, thanks. She's like, finally, I knew there was a reason to live. <laughs> <laughs> Love her. She's incredible. She's back. She yeah. is back. There we go. There's that sass immediately. That's her sassiest <laughs> <Immediately>. moment. <laughs> and this, and then this moment to to do maximum psychic damage to me when they're writing this. You know, Glenn and James were like, I know she's only a toddler right now. But there's this bitch named Shelby that we are going to do psychic damage to by mm-hmm. bringing it back and having Scully say, Mulder, I had the faith of your beliefs. What does that mean? Honestly, I don't really know. Because, like, it's so ambiguous, but, like, it rules. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it just really hits me. And then and then for even more psychic damage, Mark Snow mm-hmm. brings in the brings in the home again, mm-hmm. which, which he plays for – he plays it very sparingly. It's such a good piece. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, on top of everything, I've all the praise I've heaped on this episode, I also think that, like, the score is so good, too. There's some good music in this episode. Like, in the garage scene, there's this really good, like, synth part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think Mark Snow does a good job. I think sometimes the episodes are, like, a little too overscored. But I mm-hmm. think that's more because it's the 90s and, like, Mark Snow, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so oh, such a good episode for the like score and like you mm-hmm. know h- hits me with the home again. The Mulder gives Scully back her necklace, her cross necklace. So good, I love all of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have Scully be like, "Oh, I wanted to thank Nurse Owens, who has been like talking to her in her dream state." And <laughs> then Nurse is like, "I've worked here ten years. I've never heard of a Nurse Owens." It's like, okay, I love yeah. This nurse. yeah. <laughs> Very outdated and boring. But other than that, I think that's the only weak part of the episode to me. In Monsters of the Week, Emily Vanderwerf uh, made a comment about how, like, this nurse being, like, an angel or whatever just feels like a crossover from, like, Touch by the Touch by an Angel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which was, was, was Touch by an Angel airing at this point? I don't... I think it started in 94. It started in 94? Okay, I don't... For some reason, I always associate it with the year 1997, but, um... <laughs> 94 also makes sense. Um, yeah, it does have a Touch by an Angel vibe. It's, like, a bit much. I think I looked it up and it was, like, 94 to 2003. I genuinely don't know anything about the, the show other than, like, it exists. I know. What? It's wild. Yeah. It's all I know about the show is there's like angels, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> is it's it like, just like Is two- it like Quantum Leap <laughs> the Angels instead of Sam Beckett? <laughs> I I honestly don't know because I have only ever seen like a partial episode like in passing <laughs> when I was probably like six. Mm-hmm. Um it just seems like angels save people, God, heaven. That rules. God is real. That's- <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like, like quantum leap, but the angel is Sam Beckett and he's time traveling. <laughs> I love that. And he has that. to put right what once went wrong. But yeah, we finished the episode. Yay, Scully's back. Woo! She's back and we're excited and I'm so pumped. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I'm excited for, for more Scully in future episodes. Yes. So, segment time. Segments. So, it's time for Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder. Mulder! Mulder rating. And as always, I will go first. I think I'm going to give him a four. Oh my God. I know. Anyway, I don't have any commentary on it, so <laughs> go ahead. This, I love you, Shelby. You just come in and be like, it's a four, no comment. Moving on. <laughs> I I've, I don't think I need to explain myself anymore. Everyone knows how mentally ill I am and how like <laughs> how wild I go for Mulder. <laughs> no explanations needed. I mean, I already said it earlier in the episode, but he's getting a ten from me. He is just <laughs> no. Oh my god, he's too much in this episode for me. I loved all of the parts that weren't him just spiraling out of control. <laughs> I just don't have a lot of patience for watching people spiral, mm-hmm. especially adult men. It's going to be so funny when I chart our um, our ratings. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just going to be like me in the bottom, you at the top. <laughs> Love it. Maybe a guest in the middle. <laughs> and next we have... So uh, this must be the enigmatic Agent Scully. Scully's sassiest moment. Uh, you can go first. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's obviously whenever he gives her the VHS tape and she's like, oh, something to live for. <laughs> Great humor when you just came out of a coma. Great humor. Yes, yes. That's that's mine too. I did think, I kind of thought you might go for like a Melissa line. It still would have worked because it's like Scully. Yeah. yeah. Melissa Scully. Yeah, Dana yeah, yeah. Scully. Yeah. Um, she had a lot of good moments too. She had a lot of good moments, but I mean, I gave it to a non-Scully character last time. Yeah. And yeah. having this be one of Scully's few lines in the episode period was like, well, I mean, have to pick it. That makes Melissa sense. had a lot I, of great moments and they were mostly just chewing out Mulder. So. Yeah. I guess um, my backup is just the entire scene of Melissa Scully yelling at him in his dark apartment of like, mm-hmm. you know, telling him that he needs to go see Scully, even if it doesn't help. So I thought yeah. that was a pretty baller move of her. So it was very her. baller. She's the that's older sister, one. right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. I meant to look this up. I think she is. Cause it, it's, isn't Scully the youngest? Like Dana, Scully the youngest? I think, I want to say that Charlie's the youngest, but I think she's the second youngest. Okay. So, yeah. So Melissa is the older sister. Mm-hmm. I say like, good. Because she needs to take the older sister move and like chew out this dude who like is like into her younger sister. Yeah. She'd be like, dude, yeah, you I need to show the fuck up for her. Like that's a good... That's a good older sister thing to do. Exactly. Go off queen. I think I mm-hmm. want to say it's like Bill Jr., Melissa, Dana, Charlie. I don't okay. see order. Maybe Melissa and Bill are switched, but I'm pretty sure Bill Jr. is the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. She rules. I love I love mm-hmm. Melissa Scully so much. Mm-hmm. My queen. She's great. Welcome. You've got mail. 90th moment. Are we going to be the same on this? Uh, If we do, I'm pretty sure I know what yours is going to be, so I'm going to do my backup. Okay. Um, so my, my backup is the VHS tape of the <laughs> super stars of the Super Bowl. <laughs> that was my backup too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I was thinking about how like, there's, uh, there's like a lot of industries and like jobs that like don't exist anymore that like people don't give a ton of thought to. And mm-hmm. I think like making compilation videos of sports stuff like mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Cause that's just like a 16 year old teen that has like a, a YouTube channel that's like monetized and they make a lot of money from <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like making like MLB one in a million moments. I watch all those videos. I love them. They're very good. But also like <laughs> you don't have to buy a VHS of superstars of the Super yeah. Bowl. You just get a yeah. YouTube. Yeah. And the other job of um, which coincidentally, the other job is something I interact with a lot for this podcast is the people that used to write books on shows Mm-hmm. like the x-files where like they wrote they write synopsis these like synopses and they write like all the guest stars and they write like the market share and like the audience and like wow. have, like little bits of behind the scenes stuff and like these whole books of like explaining the mythology or like beca- because like stuff wasn't on demand if you miss the episode you kind of miss the episode mm-hmm. and so like these books existing to like explain to you what you missed they don't really exist either because, like, everyone just has, like, a wiki that is, like, fan-created, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Anyway, so mine is superstars of the Super Bowl. <laughs> what is yours? Uh, I mean, it's the cigarette machine. Like, how oh, can it not it? be? Yeah. Oh, what did you? What else did you think it was going to be? Mine was going to be Melissa Scully's choker and like oh, her whole new well, age thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's good, too. But like for me, it's by far, I think, the cigarette machine because like chokers are kind of having like a like a comeback. Like chokers are. Yeah, they're like it's a choker renaissance right now. Like people are wearing chokers again. And like I also wore chokers when I was in middle school. So it's like a mid 2000s thing. Um, but yeah, no, by far crystals are coming back too. Oh yeah. I love, I love a crystal girl. Like I myself don't necessarily believe in that stuff, but if like other people find like benefit and positivity and something good in it, like who am I to say that they're Mm -hmm. wrong? Right. Um, and I can say that there's no scientific evidence and say that with confidence (laughs) and that's fine, but it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Um, so I love a crystal girl, but yeah, crystals are also coming back. Um, I have bought crystals, so I can't like talk about that yeah. i have like I a guess, salt lamp in this room but <laughs> in some ways her new age sister is uh eat, like always in style but also mm-hmm. she feels very 90s mm-hmm. but like also she feels like she could be in this time period oh too? absolutely it's great yeah <laughs> she does actually melissa's transcending uh time and generations i just but- want to say i love melissa she would 100% be a QAnon person because a lot of those new age people have like slipped into QAnon. I know. That's <laughs> Maybe she would be like one of the rare new age people that isn't, but I just God. want to clarify. Yeah, I know. That's the that's the dark side of the new ages. It, it wasn't quite that that dark in the 90s. Yeah, I think they now. yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's by far the cigarette machine because you just don't see them anymore. I mean, they do exist, but they don't really exist in America anymore uh-huh. and like i do not recall like ever seeing one even as a kid like who was alive in the 90s like yeah and like the fact that there's a cigarette machine in a hospital it blows <laughs> my mind like hospitals are like <laughs> tobacco free zones like you have to like sign like whenever you work for a hospital or for like some medical places you sometimes have to sign as a part of like your employee paperwork like a statement that they're like you recognize that they're a tobacco free campus and you won't consume like tobacco products like on the premises mm-hmm. um because like you can't nowadays you can't be in medicine and like promote cigarette use like cigarette yeah. smoking yeah that makes sense like you just can't it's like so antithetical they like mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. So, like, the fact that there's one in a hospital waiting room, insane. <laughs> it's crazy to me. That's very 90s. And, yeah, I think I talked a lot about, I don't want to, like, rehash what I've said, but I want to say, I, I guess I'll just, like, why pick this episode? Scully comes back, conclusion of the abduction arc. And also, mm-hmm. I think it's a really, really good episode. I really love it. <laughs> Did you, have you, okay, in our discussion, have you changed your opinion at all, or are you just still kind of, like, annoyed um, by it? Well, I, like, it... <laughs> I like the parts that aren't Mulder going off the rails, kind of like I said. You like, so, like the parts. This is plentiful if you like Mulder getting yelled at. This is a good yeah. episode for that. Right. So like I like that because he gets he gets his ass handed to him like multiple times in this episode. And that's really worth it. But it takes multiple times before he finally listens to someone and learns, which is like the frustrating part for me. So it's like frustrating because I find Mulder very frustrating in this episode. But like I do... I do actually like this episode overall, but mm-hmm. I really like a lot of the scenes like with Scully's family and in the hospital and those scenes like really, I think are really good and strong. It's just Mulder being a grief addled idiot. <sighs> That's yeah. like a bit yeah. much for me at points. He finally learns, but it, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. I just don't have as much patience for him as you. That's totally fair. I think that's very fair, but I am deeply enamored with this episode. I love it a lot. (laughs) And I'm also so excited to get back to a Monster of the Week episode. Hell yeah. Which we will next week. Um, But if you you like the podcast, I haven't mentioned this in like several weeks, but if you like the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone. I think that helps or something. I don't know. I have no clue. (laughs) If you, I don't, if you have any feedback about the show, um, feel free to send it to us. Like, as long as you're not like super, super mean. Yeah. Know? If you're super mean, I will do the exact will... opposite of what you say out of spite. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. I've never really made something creative. And I, I think I, I, I wasn't prepared for like how much like not feedback I get. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't I don't even know if people are listening. Like people are allegedly listening to this. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> the numbers tell me some people are listening to this. But anyway, if you have any feedback um that's like mm-hmm. constructive or anything, I think we'd be welcome to take yeah. it. Or if you just want to say you know you like the show or something feel free to reach out yeah let us know uh we're on we're on twitter at condensed truth we have an email that i if i don't respond to you in an email it's because i i'd never check it but i check it like once every two weeks so i'll eventually get to it but mm-hmm. if you'd like to email us it's condensed truth pod at gmail.com if you have any questions um we may or may not be doing a mailbag episode we haven't really had any questions so who knows? Maybe I'll just stuff the mailbag full of questions that I have that I think would be yeah. fun to talk about. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that we have like a, a breather episode between like season two and three. I don't know. It's, we're kind of going as we go, you know? Yeah, we're going with the flow. So yeah. Uh, and next week, we will be talking season two, episode 14, Die Han die Verletz. I had to look that up. It's German. Oh, I can. I'm not good with German. That's impressive, Shelby. <laughs> I don't think it I don't know if it sounds right but I did listen to someone saying it and hey yeah that's better than nothing it's a monster of the week episode and also my content warning for it is that it's the X-Files' take on satanic panic so it can be a bit heavy at times mm-hmm. but I think it'll be a really interesting conversation and it has some fun moments yeah. and we have a guest our friend Kevin's coming back on Kevin we haven't had a guest in eons yeah, it'll be nice. Yes, it'll be nice. So, Oh, I think Kevin will have some good insight on the satanic panic part. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I, ha- I had to ask him if he... I, like, messaged him and I was like, okay, do you have any, like, fears I should know about before I pick another episode of The X-Files? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I made sure that he didn't have any phobias that would pop up in the episode. And he That's said he nice. didn't. Good. So we will be coming back to your ears in, like, two weeks and talking satanic panic it'll be Mm -hmm. fun so i hope y'all have a nice week and thank you for tuning in i hope you liked the episode or if you didn't i hope (laughs) it was fun at the very least (laughs) yes anyway goodbye bye